Hello and welcome to Compo Junto's one-shot movie review for The Suicide Squad. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm a geek culture philosopher, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam. I don't know. What, I mean, I have one. What, what is it? What do you have? Javelin. Adam what? Ja- oh, my huh? God. Huh? How is that not obvious to me? Javelin. I was going to go with John Cena, but I felt like Javelin might be more Suicide Squad. John Cena is just a guy. Well, he's more than just a guy, but you know. Adam Javelin. Tetris. That's right. I'm going to die within the first 10 minutes of this <laughs> podcast review. This film oh review podcast. That's right. Oh, They're, no. This is the fake out. This is uh, CBJ's one shot of The Suicide Squad, which means, uh, Octavius, you and I will be replaced by a different Suicide Squad later in this podcast. I'm very excited yes. about the recasting. Of... You? Like, what do you... <laughs> yeah, me, uh, both of us. Uh, uh, I guess I guess some return customers. Margot Robbie is back. Viola Davis yeah. playing Octavius A. Newman is a choice. <laughs> 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 What's up, man? That's How you joke. doing? I'm good. I'm good. Internet, I'm happy to be back here. I'm happy to be here with Adam. I'm happy to be talking about this movie. So... If you have never been a part of one of our episodes, one of our one shots, one of our movie reviews, one thing you need to know and one thing you need to understand immediately <laughs> is we've got to spoil this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is a movie review. This is a spoiler review. We are going to be talking about it in its totality. Everything that there is that we feel like talking about, discussing, dialoguing about is going to happen. So. If you don't want to be a part of that, if you haven't seen this movie, let me just suggest to you highly that you pause this podcast, go watch the movie, whether on HBO Max or in your local theater, as long as you're safe, because that Delta ain't playing out here, Mm, okay? mm -hmm. Delta's putting people out. Go consume this piece of media from director James Gunn, and then come back with us and dialogue and chat and discuss. Yes. So the spoiler wall... Is up. We're going to blow it up. All right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three, uh, two, two. Before we do wait, the countdown, oh, hold, hold on. on. Okay. First things first. The countdown uh, is until we climb the wall. The spoiler wall is made of the, the dead bodies of DC superheroes oh. who at one point in time served the Suicide Squad. All right? Mm. This is a tall wall of bodies. We got wow. uh, Stone Boy in there, Lady Cop. Friendly fire. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There's a character boy. called La- Lady Cop. I I googled the phrase DC's worst superheroes. I'm just looking at the first set of results. Bouncing boy. He's in that wall of bodies. Arm fall off boy. Matter eater lad. You know he's in there. So the- matter eater lad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why he's a bad superhero. It says what he does right in the name. I kind of appreciate that. So I. This, this the spoiler wall today is thematic. It is made of DC superheroes who may or may not have been conscripted by Amanda Waller. But once we we get on the other side of that wall, it's spoiler country. It's you know we are uh, we're in uh, where were they in the movie Corto? We're in spoiler Maltese is where we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go ahead. We, I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let's get that countdown. Spoilers. Three, two, one. If you're still here, it's, it's your, your fault. fault. Okay. Here we are in Spoiler Maltese. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler Maltese. That's All right. right. So I am going to go to IMDb and I'm going to read what we have here. That's just the, the, the basic breakdown. 
yeah. of what this movie is in general. This is so my favorite says, part of every one shot is uh, when you read an entry from IMDb. Supervillains, Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell, Bell Rev Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at a remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Who writes these? Am I, <laughs> I, I want to take um, issue with the word nutty. <laughs> <laughs> a collection I don't of think, did nutty James, Did cons. James Gunn write that? I want to know. I don't know. Maybe James Gunn did. Maybe that was the pitch. I don't know. Okay. It's not well, wrong. Here's what we got. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's right. But I do get what you're saying. Super secret, super shady. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. Sure. But listen, this movie, I've seen it. You've seen it. Yes. So let's start off with... Your gut reaction. Internet, what does gut reaction mean? What are we talking about? That means that moment that you come out of the movie theater or you're sitting there after the credits are rolled and you wait for that final stinger. Yeah. And you're thinking, how do I feel about this movie now? What's going on in my body? Mm -hmm. Is it indigestion? Is it joy? Oh, wow. <laughs> what is it? My what gut is reaction is have? the Suicide Squad gave me indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> That's your immediate thought? Gave yeah. me gas. That's right. I, I peeled the starfish off my face and I burped. And that was my gut reaction, I guess. Uh, let's, shall we get right into gut reactions? Yes, please. Let's do that. Gut reaction after watching the movie. I thought that was terrific. That was terrific. And uh, a follow-up gut reaction was, I can't believe I just watched another Suicide Squad movie. Because after the first one came out in 2016, the David Ayer joint, I thought, never again. You can mm. listen to our one-shot. You can listen to the comic book uh, to a one-shot. You can. Where you I can. detail watching that movie in a theater in 4D with uh, <laughs> pistons <laughs> punching me in the butt and water right. spraying me in the face. <laughs> That's right. And Killer Croc, uh, is, you know, dropping lines B about BET. -E and I thought... <laughs> the movie is so bad. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm remembering right now bad. how bad that movie is. It Truly is horrible. Bad. Yeah, it's a it's tragedy. It's a very bad movie. It's a tragedy. It's terrible. And I can't believe DC got me to see another one. And I can't believe further, I really, deeply enjoyed this film that's my gut reaction what's yours my gut reaction after coming out of this movie is like wow that was really good is this the best dc movie yet oh hi is that high is praise this the or best no? one no no that, that's high praise okay i'm talking about the dc extended universe i'm not talking about you know christopher nolan batman sure you know i'm not talking about the joker even understood because i consider that outside that's kind of like its own thing i'm talking Within the rest of all of the that same universe of Superman and Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, yeah. Batman v Superman, Shazam, Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, like all of that Aquaman. stuff. Aquaman, don't forget Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty four. You know that. Uh huh. Is this the best one? And that's what I was sitting there pondering, and sure. I was going, I think it might be. Sure. I think this might be the best one yet. And it's so wild to think that the same <laughs> franchise has the worst 
movie they've made yeah and arguably the best movie that they've made yeah <laughs> yeah it wow. is uh it is not something i would have expected not something that i would have predicted but i want to say you know credit goes to to who really deserves the credit not james gunn himself who i think did a, a superlative job on this film he did a terrific job but the people at dc who hired james gunn that's that mm-hmm. y'all deserve mm-hmm. the credit because when all that fallout was taking place with james gunn and marvel and marvel was like sorry we can't keep this guy on our franchise because he had these problematic tweets and they fire him and everybody's like but that's james gunn though and dc swoops on in and says we know exactly where we need you and whoever made those decisions, whoever made that decision, I am just in awe. I think you did an incredible job doing your job. Well done. Bravo. Yeah. And that's an interesting point that you're making right there. And I think it's something we should talk about a little bit. Like this movie that is written and directed by James Gunn, there's a story, there's a background story here in this movie. And part of that is that James Gunn made Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And was in the process of making Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. and Which he's I mean, back on, by the way. Yeah. Right. But there was, there was a whole point where Marvel had said, no more. We'll no longer have you be a part of these movies. And that was a whole situation. You can definitely do the research on that if you want. But, mm-hmm. like, what's going to happen with James Gunn? What's going to happen with Guardians of the Galaxy? Blah, blah, blah. And like you say, Warner Brothers slash DC goes, we'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> we will take him right over here. Bravo. We know exactly what to do. We get it. We understand. And it's really interesting to see what they're able to do when you give this prop- give a property to an artist who has an idea. And to a certain extent, you just kind of get out of his way and just let him do his thing yeah within reason you know you give him autonomy and you also give him boundaries yeah but you know we go back to david ayer who made suicide squad the first one and the whole conversation of like is this the movie that you wanted to make and and he's like yeah totally this is exactly what i wanted to make this is the movie i wanted to do and now he's talking about release the air cut and it's like (sighs) i knew that wasn't the movie you wanted to make i knew that initially Uh And, you know, that's actually something that I want to address. And I I don't know if we do it now or if we do it later, because there's so much wrapped up in this movie, apart from just the movie itself, like you said. But David Ayer has come out in the past week or two and written extensively, or at least more so than, than previous, about what his vision was and about how he was treated by DC and Warner Brothers execs. And from what I understand... You know, the movie that we got in 2016, uh, 2016's Suicide Squad, was in no way, shape, or form what David Ayer made, but it was uh, a, a council. You know, it was uh, executives, movie executives, editing and uh, doing uh, uh, screen tests and injecting comedy into it and taking scenes out. And I, I feel like 
you know, it's, it is a bit of a tragedy. What a loss that he may have made a really excellent film, or even if it wasn't an excellent film, right. he made a film that he wanted to make. It had a vision, David Ayer did. And, mm-hmm. you know, the studio at the time, DC said, we must make it more like Marvel movies. It needs to be funny in a way that Marvel does. We need to have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, the needle drop with recognizable songs in the soundtrack every 10 minutes, you know, they, they made so many decisions for him and I think right. betrayed his vision. And I was the first person who said I didn't want to see the Snyder cut, but I've come around to thinking, you know what? Maybe DC is doing something interesting here. Perhaps they ought to let air release his vision because the Snyder cut clearly made them bank. That did very well. People were happy about it. It performed well in, uh, uh, I guess, streaming Views. I, it didn't get mm-hmm. theatrical release, right? Uh, and which, which movie uh, we're talking about here? Uh, Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut, the Snyderverse. Right. No, it, right? I don't think he got. Um, yeah. But I think DC is wised <coughs> up. You know, they they had a different method about how they were making films by committee uh, years ago, and they saw how poorly that did for them. And now they're letting someone like James Gunn get out of the way. And now I'm feeling like I kind of want to see what Ayer actually had in store, if that's even possible. That would be interesting. DC is in a really unique <laughs> yeah. position right now, where they can mm-hmm. go full-blown chaos and it's the move honestly because they they no longer need to run in the same race with the mcu and i think that is the smartest decision they've made in a long time interestingly enough i think that that might be the best thing that they could do agreed stop trying to be like the mcu yeah you know what i mean and one thing that you can learn from the mcu is when they bring in ryan coogler and go do you have an idea okay Take us to Wakanda, you know? And when they go to James Gunn and go, do you have an idea? Okay, take us to outer space and introduce us to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And when you look at what he did with the Suicide Squad, it's similar. It's like, here's this property. Let's treat it properly, which is probably rated R. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Let's blow people's heads off. Let's do something unique. Everything doesn't have to be for kids. Like, if you've listened to our podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about animation. Animation is a medium. It is not a genre. Yeah. You know? Sure. And when people treat animation like it's all for little kids, then it's like, well, you miss out on a whole opportunity to tell different kinds of stories. And listen, as comic book fans, we know comic books are not for kids. Comic books are for people. You know, and there's all kinds of genres of comics. And when you see what they've done with Joker, it's like, yeah, do your thing. You know what I mean? Get a really get a really good, you know, artist who has an idea, give them a property and allow them to have the autonomy within reasonable boundaries. But in a lot of ways, get Mm -hmm. out of the way and let them make their thing. Yeah. You know, and the Suicide Squad, it seems like they did the same kind of thing. And from what I'm hearing, there's conversations about bringing James Gunn in to do something else. And what else can he do? And you'd be a fool not to, you Mm -hmm. know, because these are two franchises that this guy in a lot of ways has kicked off. And I appreciate that James Gunn has said that, hey, David Ayer, you walk so that we could run. Yeah, sure. You know, Uh like if it wasn't for what you started, we wouldn't be here right now. And he's kind of like, Dag, I'm glad I got to do this, but Dag, I'm sorry you didn't. Yeah. You know, like I acknowledge that. I get to do this because you were here first. Uh You were kind of like the sacrificial lamb. It is really interesting to me, and this was a question I wanted to bring up a little later, but it's interesting to me that DC decided to revisit this well 
at all. You know, the, the, the 2016 Suicide mm. Squad comes out, it flops, no one likes it, Ayer is upset about it, the people who were in the movie were upset about the scenes we're they were in it. and the scenes they were left out of. You know, Jared Leto was upset about getting a lot of right. his scenes with Joker cut out, and the people who were in it, Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie uh, as uh, Harley Quinn, was not really excited about the portrayal of Harley, which has changed over several films now, so no one's happy. And I think it's very interesting that at any point in time, in a meeting, someone at DC said, let's try that again. <laughs> like, excuse me? That's a crazy proposition. <laughs> it's I got to imagine it was James Gunn. Maybe it was, yeah. Maybe I they brought him over and said, what do you want to do? Mike. Take your pick. I mean, yeah. Sure. I would assume. But either way, overall, this is a very enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now excited to see more from these characters, more from James Gunn. And I'm going to be honest, the rated R-ness of it all, you yep, know, like sure. the rated R-ness of this movie is a large part of what makes it cool mm-hmm. and allowing him to do something unique. And, you know, we're talking about the movie a little bit. Let's do like the 60 second shot clock of what, what actually happens in this movie. Sure. So you want to just kind of combination wise, let's just quickly get into what goes on. Yeah, Amanda sure. Waller, same deal. Hey, I need you guys to go out here. I'll take some time off your sentence. We are introduced to a bunch of different people. We see the Harley Quinn is back. Mm-hmm. And we meet one of our main characters, which is going to be Bloodsport, played by Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to join the group. But he does because they basically threaten to throw the book at his daughter. Yeah, that's right. He goes with this group of people that go on this Corto Maltese and basically come to find out they not. Well, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Idris, Idris Elba and his team. It was Savant. We had uh, Michael Rooker. Yeah. You know, who Michael uh, Rooker, we know as Yondu in the Guardians of the Galaxy and so many other films, but he, Gunn likes working with Michael Rooker. So we get right. an entire team in the Suicide Squad. We are introduced to all of them. Pete Davidson's right. in there. We got right. Weasel. We got Savant. We got uh, uh, Nathan Fillion is the dude with the no arms and Javelin. And they do the superhero walk and they're coming out there. It's, yes. Here's your team, the Suicide right. Squad. And the absolutely delightful twist is that that was a, a setup, not just for the viewer, but for the plot itself. Yes. They were all uh, uh, patsies. They were just going to store on the beach, immediately be taken out, die gruesome deaths. And meanwhile, the real Suicide Squad that we are watching the movie for is advancing on the beach from the opposite side of the island. Uh, and they're t- making use of the fact that the, uh, the army in, the, uh, in Corto Maltese is distracted <laughs> with killing Weasel and Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what's cool about that is, one, let's be honest, they're pretty gruesome, rated R, and comedic deaths. Terrific, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that you can't do if you're going like, well, I want this to be, you know, all quadrants. I want, you know, the kids, the parents, and the grandparents to be able to come and enjoy this movie together. That's right. Like, you have to pick and go, no, we're going to do rated R ultra-violent comedy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to get some laughs in. And I loved it. I loved the fact that they did that because the whole time the the jokes the like the physical comedy that he was able to pull off with the violence was awesome very good 
Yeah. And it's something that you couldn't do if you didn't allow someone to just go that far into it. Yeah. And I just thought it was really clever. And that twist to go, what? The whole point was they were just because, you know, you have some famous people here. Yeah. And when you see them like dying, dying, like literally dying, you're like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. That's great. It's like a, I didn't know what was going on. I, I love that feeling of being a little confused and then having it revealed and go, that was clever. I like that. There was a, there was an ad campaign when they first started marketing this movie, this reboot, and they kept showing all of the characters that were going to be in the movie. And I had this idea, I had this thought that maybe the movie was going to be an anthology. Instead of just one narrative, we would see a series of different characters and, you know, the mm. ups and downs, and they would pretty much all die. And I wasn't right about the format, but I was right in my prediction that many of the characters we'd be introduced to were getting killed. They were not going to make it to the end. I did not expect that to happen so instantly that we have right. Michael Rooker, so, a like, big name. Intensely. And, yeah, Pete Davidson, a celebrity in his own right, face blasted off in 11 minutes flat. And I, I think the closest analog I can think of for Marvel is this is very much DC's Deadpool right now because they can yes. do the rated R humor, the yes. gore, the violence in a way that they can't necessarily do for their other films that are more family friendly. Uh, but I love this for James Gunn because I've been a big fan of James Gunn for a very long time and his work with trauma and body mm -hmm. horror and nasty, obscene. You can't do that. This is disgusting. This is such an incredible application of his skill set from a young filmmaker all the way up to now. And he, he makes great use of it. And for me, you know me on the show, I've said plenty of times, I'm a little uh, uh, sensitive squeamish. when it comes a little squeamish for the gore and stuff. I just think this was so brilliantly used in every possible scenario because it justifies itself with the tone of the movie, you know? I think it worked. In a weird way, it is both extremely extra and exactly as much as it's supposed to be, which is a lot. And it worked for me. I really enjoyed it because it's like a Grindhouse movie. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get in. We ultimately have to go and infiltrate this people who have taken over this, you know, this island country, what is it? What, what would you call it? Yeah, in Corto Maltese, People there's group, like a there's whatever. like a royal family, a dictatorship, and then there are rebels who are fighting for control. And so the Suicide yeah. Squad are being sent there, you know, I think to take down the dictatorship and help the rebels. That's as yeah. much as we are provided at the onset. But we come to find out that there's actually some some records that they're trying to get and basically keep away so that no one can find out what's going on. Yeah. So when we've come to find out that Starro, Starro the Conqueror is here, and they've got all these people that they've been bringing in for years to try to, you know, figure out how to, I don't know, what's the goal? Yeah, so like, they, they got Starro in Jotunheim, right? This big old tower. Right. And Jotunheim is uh, the land of the frost giants. So if you were hearing that name mm -hmm. and thinking, what is this, Thor? Yeah, they're, they're borrowing from this Nordic mythology. And inside of this Jotunheim, this like black ops area, the thinker, a villain, is doing some business uh, trying to figure out how to use Starro as a super weapon. Right. Right. That's what it was. They're Whoever trying to has Starro will be able to use Starro in some yes. regard as a, as a new, you know, 
uh, superpowers exactly. so they, no one can challenge them kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. Right. Wonderful. So we're introduced to all these people. And, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know that ultimately we come to find out that Peacemaker is sent there to ensure that that information never sees the light of day. That's right. And that becomes a conflict within the Suicide Squad, Rick Flag and Harley and, uh, you know, all the rest of the chaos in- ensues and, you know, guns and explosions and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And the, the conclusion is ultimately, like, coming to the end, Bloodsport actually de- de- ter- decides to kind of be like that conflicted hero like i don't want to do it but i'm going to do it because it's right yeah you know her uh her his her daughter kind of gets off the hook because he agrees not to share the information and ultimately they all get to go free because they bribe amanda waller saying hey if you let us all go free then we won't show this information to anybody right so you know one of the interesting layers of this film is amanda waller is controlling these convicts these villains yeah and forcing them to do her bidding in the same way that she did in the 2016 movie which is implanting these explosives in the back of their neck and the moment mm-hmm. that they disobey they just get blowed up and we see her do that we know what it looks like when she does that so she this is not an empty threat this is amanda waller amanda waller let's say really stepped up in intensity in this movie and i loved that for sure i thought i love the fact that unhinged yeah we we don't waste any time getting to the plot point i appreciate that i think it's kind of tongue-in-cheek that she explains the plot of suicide squad in 30 seconds in this movie as opposed to in the last movie it was the whole damn movie every scene was it's like an origin story, you know? And uh, it, we don't waste any time here. And the threat is, you know, we discover Jotunheim, we discover Starro, but then it's discovered that America and Amanda Waller herself, they were well aware of this. They set it up. They were benefiting from yeah. this and they were hoping yeah. to get control of Starro. There were no discoveries made here apart from the fact that the American government was behind this, which is why it was so vital to destroy it all to make sure that they don't have their reputations tarnished or anything along those lines. And there's that conflict that you pointed to, you know, uh, 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 peacemaker is going to be basically the, uh, he is like captain America to the nth degree with no sense of morality, (laughs) only loyalty and justice. Right. And I feel like John Cena does a great job as peacemaker. Whereas Idris Elba's character, Bloodsport. He is begrudgingly going to do the right thing, even though his nature would otherwise tell him not to. So they have this great show, showdown, and uh, they, they want to you know, expose Starro to the world, and we get a happy ending. But yeah, I just feel like, what an outstanding setup. The chemistry between the characters were great. Characters who were returning were great in ways that they, they weren't in the last movie. You could kind of measure this entire thing on Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn in the original Suicide Squad movie was there to look hot and be crazy and to fantasize about how much she missed Joker. And we got none of that in this movie. She was a badass. She wore uh, combat boots like the entire time. Her fight scene Mm -hmm. was really lengthy and excellent. Very. I mean, I just... Well choreographed. Yes, so well choreographed. And I feel like they, they did justice to borrow from Peacemaker. They did justice to that character and it's such a, a, a great way to compare this movie to the older one because it's such a totally different portrayal, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Which, which gets me into a couple questions I want to ask. Yeah. 
What was your favorite part of this movie? And what was your least favorite part of this movie? Let's get into that. Okay. My favorite part, I, I liked a lot about this movie. I think the comedy was good. I think the, the action and the violence and the gore and the body horror was great. Mm, I liked the characters quite a bit. My favorite part of the movie is the finale when Starro busts out of the tower and the team has to work together to stop Starro. And the reason yes. I loved that so much is because I am very we used to... We got a kaiju! Yeah. Like they, that? Well, I mean, come on. I'm an easy target. I for saw this. that and I thought about you immediately. I was like, Adam yeah, loves I am this. such a mark. If you want me to be excited, you you get a kaiju unleashed in the film. But for me, I, it was very exciting because it felt classic. You know, release a big monster and you've got to make sure that the monster is stopped in its tracks before it destroys the city. Great, easy to understand. But at the same time, it felt like a fresh take on the superhero movie finale because we always get a supercharged human-looking dude. And the good yeah. character, and then just they're just kind of like blasting lasers at each other. It's it gets very DBZ, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, even Thanos in some yeah. ways. You know, like it's yeah. it's just kind of always the same thing. Steppenwolf, a dude with crazy armor fights the good guys, and it's just good versus evil is very plain. But in this case, it was a team assembling and trying to be creative against a massive insane looking starfish monster it kicked ass it was like you remember in the original suicide squad they had the uh the guys that we said looked like putties from power rangers yeah those yes. guys made no sense <laughs> yes. but in this one right the, the starro zombies with the little stars on their face perfect sense makes tons of sense to me i understand how this works i'm down with it so i loved the finale probably more than anything else the thing that i loved less is, I mean, I didn't have a super strong reaction, but I I would say the thing that I loved less is this is yet another movie where a ton of innocent people get killed and we don't even Mm. talk about it. Mm. When the city is getting destroyed and the people have the Starro Johns on their face and they're just getting cut down left and right, we just don't even talk about it. Nobody sheds a a tear. But that I think that kind of bucks up against, in some ways, the fact that you know, Bloodsport wants to be a hero and a good guy, but they're doing truly horrible stuff to good people, and we just don't even deal with it. The only reason it's I can true. get past that is, you know, the nature of this movie is that it is comedy, pretty much deliberately comedy, and so it's just not all that important. Who cares? We're not talking about what's right and what's wrong. This isn't a movie where we're making moral judgments. It's just batshit crazy blood and gore. So it works for me. It doesn't even try that hard. But I, I would say that's that's probably my up and my down. What about you? Okay, so I, it's interesting. It's kind of split on both of the questions. First thing is, Starro coming out is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous in the best kind of way. So good. Because it's just like a giant starfish with an eye in the middle of it. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Hell and yeah. the CG was just good enough but you could tell it's like we're we're gonna make it look good but we're not gonna take ourselves too seriously yeah he's very brightly colored he's crazy looking. yeah it's it's amazing Mm -hmm. it's like so that's that's definitely awesome um the other part i really liked i really really like this part because i didn't see it coming is when they take out amanda waller Mm, that moment 
where it's like, don't make me do this, you motherfuckers. It's like she's going crazy. And I'm just like, what do they, is she going to kill? Because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And as you know, I like to not know. I like to be shocked and surprised. And yeah. Like, what? If I could just look at it and tell, it's kind of like, okay, whatever. You know, the last thing I expected, I was like, Amanda, what? Because I'm sitting here thinking, like, Amanda Waller is not going to not do it. Mm-hmm. She's not going to magically become a good person. She doesn't care, you know? And when they knocked her out, I was like, <gasps> like legitimately, I was like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm with it because they've been seeding that the whole time. They're kind of like, we're not really gonna kill his daughter, are we? Yeah, you have an idea what I would do, you know? So they really lay on thick, like Amanda Amanda Waller does not care. They make her a legitimate threat, yeah, to the Suicide Squad. Like, I will off every single one of you. You know, but they give you that little peek into the idea that, hey, you know, these people are concerned. But I did not expect, because, you know, they they built Amanda Waller up to be, like, terrifying. No one would ever challenge her. And when they did it, I was like, yes, yes. Like, that's that's what I love. I love to see her uh, portrayed as as cold-blooded as we know she is from the comics. Yes. She will do anything. She will screw anyone. She is the... Anyone. She is the version of Nick Fury... That has no threshold for the things that she's going to like. We know Nick Fury is is you know uh, uncompromising and tough and scary, but Amanda right. Waller has like uh uh-uh. uh I I don't need to be right with nobody, and I I love that about her character, and I just thought Viola Davis just really did an incredible job in this movie. And as soon as she got whapped by her team, I did not see that coming, and I had this thought of fear. For her uh, employees, yes. I was like, "They are yes dead." I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are done," you know? Yeah, yeah. agreed. So okay, so um, what what thing, did not work for you? The thing that didn't work for me is, I I, I don't know. It's I'm trying to think about what because you know I liked it, so I didn't have a whole lot of stuff that I could poke at. Yeah, sure. So it's it's kind of splitting 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 two sides. One thing is, I really enjoyed the fact that they introduced all these people and then they killed them all. The other part of it is, you introduce all these people and then you kill them all. Yeah, you sure. know what I mean. Yeah. So it was like it's it like, hits both ways. Yeah. For 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 a good cause. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, but I had like this level of excitement of like, oh, okay. And then when you just murked them all, I was like, oh, I was hoping to, you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm okay with that. The other the other half of that coin is Peacemaker. Tell me more. I love Peacemaker the character. Yeah. I love the fact that they have this face off. But I kind of don't love the fact that the stinger is He's now okay. Oh, they, that they're bringing him back because Peacemaker is getting a series. Yeah, written yeah. and directed by James Gunn, which I'm excited about. Like, sure. I love that. Yeah, but part of it was like, really? Yeah, you know what I mean? Enough, like, enough. okay, but th- that's that that's me being picky. You know what I mean? Like those two things I'm saying are like I'm nitpicking. These are things I don't really dislike. I'm just kind of like, yeah. If you're gonna say something that I didn't prefer, where I would have liked to have seen differently. Um, that would be it. 
You know what? You know what? One thing I would bring up, just because I want to know more about how you felt. We haven't talked about this movie together yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say something that struck me as kind of surprising. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be intentionally funny or if we were just doing this because we were recycling this property, the Suicide Squad in general. But Bloodsport and Idris Elba in the role of Bloodsport was like extremely similar to Deadshot and Will Smith playing Deadshot in a lot of different ways, including the things like I have to do right for my kid. My mm. motivation is doing something for my kid. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a stone cold killer, but I, you know, my weakness is being a good guy for my family. And I was just right. kind of thinking like, it's just kind of funny that Will Smith did not come back for this film. Deadshot is not in this film, but we got another very high profile black actor playing the lead role with ostensibly the same character and bio, but just changed slightly. I thought that was kind I'll of take it. funky. Yeah. I, I mean, sure, but I was having too much fun. Sure. And that enough. was, that, that is like a testament to the movie that James Gunn actually made. Yeah. Someone has to point that out to me and I have to go, huh. I guess that is right. Oh, I, yeah. guess, I guess you're right. But it's not because I'm like, um, where's Will Smith? It's like because Idris Elba shows up and he's blood sport and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's pulling stuff off of his outfit and he's making the guns. And yeah, he's, he's like, great. He's doing such a great job. And James Gunn is doing such a great job with him. Mm-hmm. I think I think that Idris Elba did a better job, you know, playing blood sport than Will Smith did playing Deadshot. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know. I just think it's a better movie. So Agreed. again, I didn't even recognize it. I didn't even recognize that comparison or it's kind of like shoulder shrug. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not like Captain Boomerang. And then it's now you've got like Kid Boomerang. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It, it wasn't, it, it just didn't come across as like an obvious swap. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why I thought it was interesting is the movie itself comments on the fact that every one of these characters was chosen for their unique abilities. (laughs) And then we immediately find out that both Bloodsport and Peacemaker ostensibly do the same thing. And they call each other out on that. And they have part of the reason why I think Bloodsport is so great in this movie and Idris Elba does such a great job is because his chemistry is so well uh, uh, bounced off of John Cena. I think the, yeah. the the rivalry that they have with one another makes a lot of sense and it brings a lot of energy out of each of the actors, uh, which I, don't, I would say Will Smith did not necessarily have in the last film. Um, but uh, I thought it was interesting that we commented on the similarities of these heroes, mm-hmm. but we didn't comment on the, the, the heroes from the last one that I, I was thinking about and wondering, are they going to make a joke yeah. out of this about how these characters <clears throat> just kind of got plucked and replaced, but they, they did right. not go there. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of like pointing out blood sport and different characters, mm-hmm. who is your favorite member of the suicide squad from this movie? Who is your, like, if you have to pick one person to be on your squad, who are you picking? Are we doing this based on superpower or just like a vibe? I, listen, Listen, is your is your squad. You're the one that's got to go to uh, Corto Maltese. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, or or look at it this way. Look at it this way. MVP, MVP, based off the movie. Got Who's it. the MVP? Which which member of the Suicide Squad in this movie is the MVP? Uh, well, Most valuable 
squad member. Okay. <laughs> so okay, let's let's just here's here's a top three, and then I'm going to pick from this top three. Uh, one, okay. obviously, the answer is King Shark. Of course, it's King Shark. <laughs> King Shark. He, he's doing so much out here. He's um, a shark Peace wearing pants. Maker. He's doing great. He's basically Groot, but like an R-rated Groot. You know? Yeah. And uh, and he's chomping people That's, up. Wow. Wait. 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 Yeah. Wait, wait, he's just wait, an R-rated Groot. And I he, never put that together. Yeah. Kind of an R-rated Groot, outstanding, like a big monster. Like if you need somebody to, oh, like he's right there. Right, he could do that, but he's also got this kind of dunce, kind yeah. of dull. Like everybody's taking elevators. This this dude's like literally walking up the steps. <laughs> yeah, I loved every scene with King Shark. <clears throat> Sly Stallone did a great job with the the little dialogue that he had to deliver. He did a terrific job. Uh, and I, I loved that at one point he uses his fins or hand fin hands to tear a dude in half. It, sharks that don't do scene that. Scene was wild. My, like a shark, <laughs> he can chomp anybody with his shark teeth, but he teared a guy in half, and I thought that was his. Hysterical. It was very funny. Why did he do that? Because it was funny and gross, and that's what this movie is. So, Listen, the whole scene where it's like, would you eat your friends? It's like, do yeah. I have any friends? Right. Can we be friends? It's like, okay. It's the heart of the <laughs> movie. Like, so like that, the, that's, let's that's be a, friends and I won't eat you. Perfect segue Bye. to my the other one in my contenders, which was Ratcatcher 2. Ratcatcher 2 was great. Had a cool uh, mm-hmm. ability. All the rats looked very cool and was weird. I thought it was kind of strange that Ratcatcher 2 was one of the few characters who got an origin that would they, they would visit the origin and like show her father they explain this this show Taika Waititi I thought it, well, I think it was strange one. that we saw that but we didn't get an origin for King Shark and we didn't get an origin for a lot of characters in fact but we yeah. did get a lot of flashbacks for Ratcatcher too I liked her a lot she had the heart of the movie she was always sleeping I think like there was funny little character pieces that I thought were really yeah. fun and I enjoyed. But uh, I'm going to choose an MVP that uh, this is my all-time number one spot. It's, I got to give the Mongol, the big orange chick in the beginning of the oh movie. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> my girl, <laughs> she was screaming. She, she was jumped so on a helicopter excited. and killed herself. She was so was like, excited. This is ridiculous. She was serving. She had everything going for her. She was grabbing onto that helicopter and doing the best she could, and she got all chopped up. I thought she was so dope, and I was rooting for, for her from the, the jump, and then that was it. That was the end. So I think if 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 she got the last a little while longer, I would have said Mongol through and through. But that's that's my that's my pick. How about you? Yeah, uh, MVP. I mean, if we're talking about literally the person, like you know, when you think about the NBA Finals, really, yeah. you know, Super Bowl, like who's the person? Who's, who's your like, Steph Curry? The person without this person, this doesn't happen. Yeah. So we've got Harley who. Um, Took the javelin and dove into Starro's eye. So gross. It's filthy. With her eyes open. Like, close your eyes, Harley. <laughs> have, some, have your mouth open. Like, Yeah, I was extremely it. disturbed by disgusting. that. Disgusting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we have, um, we have uh, 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 Bloodsport, who, like, became the leader. Yep. You know what I mean? And uh, also, like Ratcatcher too, as well. But let's let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Starro the Conqueror is still stomping around, yeah. and destroying Corto Maltese, and has taken over the world right now. If it isn't for all of the rats of Corto Maltese, Agre- yeah, agreed. 
Yeah. So I, the MVP has to be the rats. What to the rats? Yeah, the okay. rats, the yeah. rats themselves. Which I, I do not. I feel like you know, give it up for the rats. I, yeah. Like I don't, don't, I don't want the rats touching me. I don't want them near me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been poor before. Yeah, I've been like, if you leave some food on the table, them rats gonna come get the get that food. Yeah, but if we're gonna be honest, without the rats, we don't defeat Starro. And we had a really they, nice they sealed little, the deal. They had they had a nice little heartfelt message attached to that too. Tackle with yeah. TT Ratcatcher uh, OG Ratcatcher Senior when he said Ratcatcher uh, Senior. Yeah. That's right, uh, Ratcatcher Senior. When he said, you know, if there's hope for rats, then there's hope for all of us. And I thought, oh, mm. okay, okay. Come on with the moral of the story. That's the suicide no squad. The battle. They're a bunch of rats, right? And if there's hope for them, then there's hope for the rest of us. I like that. Look at that. I like that. I w- I agree. And I also want to give it up for uh, my man, Polka Dot Man, who is Yo. doing his best work. He needs to go to therapy before he goes out he, in the battlefield. He, he, yeah, he he need, he's like, we're going to die. I hope so. It's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> my God. Yeah. This is not a good thing. All right. Here, here's something that we got we to gotta talk about. Because we have James Gunn here, who has successfully captained the ship. Yeah. Of two major intellectual properties in the Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide, the Suicide Squad. As a geek, as a geek culture philosopher, as a member of Comic Book Junto, and as a fan, if you have to pick in the game of One Gotta Go, you know what I mean? You familiar with One Gotta Go? Sure. Like you have this and that. All right. Yeah, you got course. The Suicide Squad and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Which which one are you gonna pick if one's gotta go? Which one are you leaning more towards between these two? Because mm. we may, may I can imagine that someone may have to have that conversation with James. Like, hey James, you can't go make a billion over here with us and then make a billion over here with with the with the with the competition. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, what do you? Which one you picking? Now, if I choose one, do those movies stop existing, or it's just James Gunn walks off of that project? James Gunn walks off of it and, and then goes to the other one and just continues to move forward because it's a conflict. I don't know how he's doing this. Yeah, sure. I gotta imagine it's some sort of conflict of interest. Like contractually, when they cut him, he's probably like, "All right, fine, you can go do whatever you want." Sure. And then when they brought him back, I would I would imagine he and his agents folded their arms and sat back in their chairs and said, uh, "We're gonna have to revisit this contract." I'll say. You know what I mean? Outside knowledge, I know that James Gunn has uh, commented that he's pretty sure he's done making superhero movies after this because he's getting. Okay. He says he's getting tired of them, and I get it. My he's been working on these for a long time. I completely understand if he wants to move on to doing something other than soups, and I, I get that. So uh, I would say he has he has made his mark on the MCU. It is indelible. He brought comedy and weirdness in that Marvel cosmic to the MCU. Mm-hmm. But I think yep. he is done doing those things for the MCU. And Marvel doesn't have the bandwidth or uh, the flexibility and creativity to give him the projects that he really excels at. And I think what he excels at is the weird shit. The rated yeah. R stuff, the body yeah. horror, the gross out things. He's always been good at that. Let him continue doing that. So I would say... Take him off of Guardians. Keep him on DC. Keep him in DC stable. That's what I think. What do you think? We find ourselves in the same place. Yeah? I think that... Look at that. When I see James Gunn do the Suicide Squad, I go, oh, okay. Okay. Gloves on. This is a... 
Yeah, like let him max out Mm -hmm. over here without the restraints because the boundaries are broader over here, you know, because he's done dope stuff. But I think in a lot of ways he can kind of hand the manual off, hand the manual off to somebody else. I agree. I agree. You know what I mean? Like Guardians of the Galaxy, everybody gets it. Nobody knew what the heck a Groot was before. Right. Now we all know. We know what Rocket is and all the rest of that stuff. And it's been proven with the other movies. And we're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy with Taika in um, Thor Love and Thunder. So, you know what I mean? Like we're going to, we'll be fine. I agree. But turn him loose. Like let's see what else he can do over here because- I like this yeah. more than I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the sense of like, this is just different. Yeah. You know? I, I agree. And I think he was born for this. And I think getting him on other DC characters, if he were to stay with DC and continue making more of these comic book inspired movies, you know, I would like to see what James Gunn's take on Swamp Thing is because Swamp Thing is body horror. And it could mm. be, you know, it's th- those kinds of weirdo, fringy, is this a superhero or is this some other weird thing? DC yeah. is prepared to say, just do what you do. Get strange with it because DC learned their lesson trying to run that race with MCU. I I really do. I'm crossing my fingers. I hope. I'm really hoping hoping that we have seen the last of trying to compete with Marvel's big continuity, and instead we're just seeing you know uh, 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 director vision driven projects. That's what I want to see. But you know who knows? We'll see. That's that's where I'm at. I'm glad we agree, Octavius. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's get into letter grades. Yep. Uh, internet, the way we do letter grades is just like um, the American school system, A, B, C, D, F, um, A being one of the greatest movies you've ever seen in your life, um, F being one of the worst movies you've ever seen in your life, and uh-huh. everything in between. So I believe, and I think Adam does too, the average, average movie you see is a C. Most movies are a C. Yeah. They are watchable. Yeah. They're not too memorable, but they're it's not fine. too bad. It happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. take it or leave it. If I never see it again, you know, whatever. So, you know, B, above average, D, below average, you get it. So, that's right. A, best movie, one of the best movies you've ever seen in your life. B, above average, C, average, D, below average, F, one of the worst movies you've ever seen in your life. That's right. Adam, letter grade for The Suicide Squad. What do you got? The Suicide Squad really surprised me. I expected to enjoy it. Because James Gunn is attached to it, and it seemed like he was going the right direction. Just, I know this sounds weird, but just from the graphic design, I thought, okay, I see Mm -hmm. what's happening. I'm excited Mm -hmm. for this. But it did surprise me, nevertheless. I'm giving the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, B for Blackguard, as played by Pete (laughs) Davidson. Uh, Yeah, I got to give it a B. It was a firm B. Not a B minus, not a B plus, because I think it was as, as, it was as good as it needed to be. It didn't knock my socks off. It wasn't the craziest, best thing I've ever seen, but it was, it was great. And I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I, I should add, I watched it at home on HBO Max, and I would love to dip in again and see it in the theater. You should. Yeah. You should see it in IMAX, because it was shot would, in IMAX. would love to see it in IMAX. So There are some moments... That because it's shot in IMAX, it's kind of like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Some of the, the camera movement and camera twisting and stuff like that. Sure. It's really dope. So I, I give it a B. It's a B for me. What about you, Octavius? I give it a B as well. Mm-hmm. I give it a B. 
Okay. You know, I'm flirting with B plus. Same. But, you know, I think a B is, is solid. Like, this is a really good movie. It's above average. You should go see it. You should go out of your way to see it. You should not see other things in order to see this. Can I say, I want to add this little caveat, and I know this is strange, but if this movie came out before any of the Deadpool movies, I would give it an A. I would say, wow. Interesting. Comic book movies can do wild stuff. People are taking chances. It's funny. It's gross. We've grown up, and I like this. But because yeah. we've seen so many comic book movies and so many variations of them, this is, just, is this a very good example of things we've seen before. It's not revolutionary. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. So, Internet, what is your letter grade for... Uh, 2021's The Suicide Squad, written and directed by James Gunn. You can hit us up at Octavius A. Newman, at Adam Tedders, at Comic Book Junto, and let us know what your letter grade was. You know, you can let us know what some of your thoughts were on this movie. We love to hear from you guys on this. I want to know everybody's MVP, by the way. I think that was a terrific question, Uck. I, I, I want to know everybody's MVP. Who was your number one in this movie? Uh, who were you sad to see? Is depart? it the rats? I, it's the rats. It's got to be the gonna rats. Who's going to pick Starro? I mean, well, I kind of wish. I feel bad. I should have picked Star. All he wanted to do, man, was just float and look at the stars. That's he all he said. Wanted. I, was ha- I was. I was happy. Sheesh. That's Floating, unfair. Looking at the stars. That's not fair. I'm looking forward to the uh, the Starro origin story, the Starro prequels. We'll get a Black Widow treatment about Starro. <laughs> Listen, was it all white people in that ship going in there? Look what we found. <laughs> yes. See, look at y'all. See there yes. again. This is what happens. Matt Damon colonized found space. Found a person and mm-hmm. then decided that you were going to just <laughs> take that person and put them in a box. It's of not course, fair. they went wild and started taking over places. Yep. It's not fair. It ain't right. He deserves his his chance. I would like to see free more Starro. from Starro. Free Star. Hashtag Free Star. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, a Free Starro shirt is hilarious. <laughs> Yo, man, Free Starro, man. He just wanted to chill. Y'all decided. Listen, man, hold on. We just we just uh, randomly unlocked a whole other level of this movie. <laughs> yeah, they went up there and colonized. They went up there and took Starro in, kidnapped him, enslaved him for yep. years. Yep. Okay. Experimented on him like the Tuskegee. You yep. know what I mean? Like what, what's Look, what's going on here? In that and way. Then, wait, hold. Wait a minute. This movie's then, a tragedy. When Starro g- goes wild and starts trying to, you know, fight back. Then you send people in to cut him down and, and, and poke him in the eye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you didn't want to, you tried to poke him in his third eye mm-hmm. so he couldn't see. Yeah. Oh, let's man. Take, let's take it a little bit deeper. Uh, Star wanted to stay woke. He was, he was, Star was deploying the tiny stars and, and getting other people to join mm-hmm. him. He wanted a community, he wanted oh. supporters, he needed people to lift him up because he felt isolated. Look, that's all he wanted. Wow. Wow. And he was destroying Starro those was buildings. Y'all to open y'all third eye. Mm, see? Oh wow! Suicide Squad messed up. They really beefed it. It's not right. Wow! This movie just turned from a comedy into a tragedy. That's that's my hot take here. You heard it here on CBJ. The Suicide Squad is a tragedy, a tragic Yo, drama. Free Starro the Conqueror. Free, free Starro the Conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you say oh, the Conqueror, man. it changes a little bit. Well, you know, listen. Hey, you know, you enslave. He, you know, it's, it is. When you think about it, he's like, he said, I was happy. Floating Damn. and staring at the stars, Ain't man. Right. Ain't right. Ain't right you what know? they did. Yeah. 
Listen, man, he's a pro- Starro's a product of his environment. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you imprisoned somebody for all those years. You sp- you didn't re- rehabilitate Starro. You turned him into a monster. What did you expect? Right. Wow. What did you expect? Man, this just got deep. Great movie. Great way to end it. Levels to it, man. <laughs> There's levels to it. Levels. Mm-hmm. Stay woke, internet. I mean, keep your third eye open. Don't let nobody poke you in the eye with a javelin. You understand me? Hashtag okay? free sorrow, the conqueror. Hashtag star woke. All right. All right, internet. We love y'all. Until next time. Peace. Peace.